Operation Ivy. That was one of my favorite bands growing up when I was a young, impressionable punk rocker. I think the lead singer, so uh, it, it was, I got to remember, Tim Tim Armstrong uh, was the lead singer. And he also, he did a bunch of different uh, punk groups after that. He did um, Rancid, which is another of my favorite groups growing up. And then he did a band called... Uh, transplants, I believe it was the transplants, and I, I they jumped the shark at that point. And I'll tell you why. I mean, the, the music was cool. It's kind of like this uh, mix of like hip hop and and uh, it, it almost has a Clash sound to it. The Clash, or even um, the Clash had a band too after the Clash, which was basically the same members, but it had kind of that '80s sort of. Um, I don't want to call it hip-hop, but well, here, let me just play a little bit of it. This is Transplants, uh, Police and Thieves. No, <laughs> The Clash is Police and Thieves. This is Transplants, um, Diamonds and Guns. Hear that? Hear that Clash sound? Okay, so it's a cool tune, and then one day I was doing something, and I noticed it was on a women's hair care product commercial. Now, if you know anything about Rancid and Operation Ivy and this whole, like, Berkeley, California, 80s punk rock scene, they were tough guys, right? These guys were all on serious drugs. They were all raging alcoholics. Um, And then if I went back in time and said, hey, someday you're going to be on a, I think it was Fructis, uh, commercial selling women's hair conditioner with one of your songs i doubt he would believe me so yeah check out if you if you like punk then definitely check out uh anything by tim armstrong um but operation ivy is where it all began where it all began for me uh so yeah tonight's episode we're going to talk about 2019 we always do a prediction show and i would like to say and this part is kind of iffy i was thinking about it today i was writing my notes what i was going to bring up and I always do a celebrity death uh, prediction. And, and then as I'm doing it today, I'm thinking, that's a horrible thing to do. It's not very nice to, to take a human being and say that I predict they're going to die. So I was, I was torn about actually doing a celebrity death pick this year because I think last year I picked George Bush. 
And that was kind of an easy one because he was getting sick and everything. So, uh, yeah, I kind of felt bad about it, but whatever. We'll still add it in there. Um, Savannah is going to bring her predictions for technology and everything. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, I love getting these folks together. We have a a lot of good conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to have that live feel. It's not going to be really interview. Um, So I hope you enjoy. La 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 la. I'm a good singer. I didn't know if you guys knew that. Listen. Turn around, bright eyes. Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> Proof of that. Um, <laughs> Savannah is a good singer. Did you know that? I did. I didn't know that. How does everyone know that? I tell everybody that, but I've never actually sung in front of you, so there's no proof. You know. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know it. You're just saying that? No, I did know it, but I, I haven't heard it, so I'm just going on her word at oh, this point. Wow. <laughs> and we're live. All um, right. Savannah Steele to my left, uh, who is representing the... Do you know, I always say that Robot Overlords podcast, but okay, what is I the Okay, I changed full- the title. Oh, you did? Yeah, because oh, you couldn't stand out. the other title. And because every time I tried to say it when I was doing the podcast yeah. it sounded terrible what, what it just was, didn't ring what was the other title um well the original title was we welcome our robot overlords okay that's and that always about the work. we welcome yeah part. it's too long <laughs> yes i figured that out um and but now i think i'm gonna do call it because it's all about basically cool scientific medical s- stories that are in the in, in the public eye or right up-and-coming stories about innovation is it wordplay tell me you used the word no oh i'm gonna call it this well maybe it is i'm gonna call it the sci non-fi podcast say it again this like instead of sci-fi podcast the sci non-fi podcast oh the sign no sci non-fi yeah that's good you, no, I like it. I don't know <laughs> if you mean that. I don't know. We've known each other for years. How comfortable are you with my <laughs> critique of the... No, it's... I like it. <laughs> I do. You don't. Again. <laughs> Isn't science non-fi just science? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> how about Come just, on. It's sci-fi. How about the just the science? non-fi. Just, <laughs> the just science podcast. <sighs> Okay, back to the freaking so drawing you, board. So have you, have you even, have you published any yet? No, I wanted to have seven. It's it's not, I like to have a co-host with me. And it's difficult to schedule you people. Right. Yeah, that can be tricky. Um, definitely. And obviously we have John Taylor of the Twisted Podcast, which apparently Hello. I'm pretty far behind on. But this is a, um, it's a double show because this is going to be part of your Psy non episode. Yes. Uh, so if you're listening on that end, check out waitwhatif.com. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're listening on the waitwhatif.com uh, episode, welcome, fans. <laughs> oh, so no matter it. what, just yeah. listen to Wait What If. <laughs> what is your website? Uh, I guess it'll be the Sign On Fi podcast. Sign On Fi. It might, the only, the only critique I have is it might... Um, Suck. No, 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 no. No, I mean, because the title is just a title. I mean, uh, I, I keep I keep wanting to start new podcasts and try new things out. And I have. I, I did a sports podcast for a while. Um, but I always just go back to the way what if. It's kind of the brand now. Like, I don't oh, want to yeah. change that. So so if you can pick a good... Well, the, the reason why I say uh-huh. that is because wait what if... No one's going to say... I mean, I guess it does have a weird sound to it. But sign on fi, it sounds like you're saying like sign on fi. 
All right, all right. I thought it was like Greek letters at first. Like psi. that's what I yeah. like. That's the, I mean, Phi Beta Psi. <laughs> she's crying. Oh my gosh, we made Savannah cry. <laughs> Savannah actually went down. Oh wait, you don't want anyone to know that or what? That you you went to meet God. Oh well, it's okay. It's not like anybody listens to this podcast anymore. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Um, I mean, I went to Costa Rica, so it was an ayahuasca retreat mm-hmm. that I went to. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I don't think I have the balls to do that. I, I don't. You do, know. but um, here's come on, the Kevin, thing, Kevin. You have the balls to do anything. You know that. No, here's the thing. I, I never did acid or anything like that because I was terrified of losing absolute control for a period of time. Like, yeah, like let's say I'm just heading down the devil's butthole, <laughs> <laughs> and I and that's it for three hours or eight hours or whatever yeah. it is I'm stuck there that could happen yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that yeah. I don't want to I want to be able to bail out right but I mean to me I get it like, you don't want to have a bad experience nobody does right but those bad experiences are sometimes like burning out impurities that need to be burned out of your life and oh, they're burned out forever yeah I get it I get that um mm, like if you're wrestling commitment. with any kind of demon and like you could start paying attention to this in, in your like as you go off to work and do all the things that you do in your everyday life um, and just start writing down like stuff, emotions that you feel that bother you mm-hmm. and think about what it would how it would feel if you were completely um, free of that. And yeah. that's you could potentially work through that really quickly with an ayahuasca session. I think you can work it through it with therapy and with a lot of like, yeah. Mental stuff, but yeah, I would rather just do ayahuasca. Give me an example of an emotion during the day that bothers you. Um, like frustration. She's like, she's like murder. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> stalking. Yeah, like I get pissed at my my coworker. Okay, so for example, um, I was working on a project or a, a presentation for tomorrow, and I think, I think ultimately, I probably, I, I don't really know why, but I, I can tell that the the person who's kind of overseeing this doesn't really like what I'm doing. And it really, even though it has no impact on me and I could possibly say that he's wrong, it really bothers me. And I wish that it wouldn't. And I I don't know why, like there's that kind of insecurity. Hmm. And I think being able to manage that a little bit better would be very beneficial. So you kind of want to murder him? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I listened to your podcast the other day and I realized I can never lie to you. You will dissect <laughs> the, every single word. Detector. Oh, did yes. you listen to my last episode? Yeah, that one. And I think there was another one where you you dissect you you dissected all of the verbiage that the criminals would use in these recordings, and it's fascinating. It's really actually very good. Thank uh, you. Twistedpodcast.com. Did you did you <laughs> learn that in in uh, the Secret Service? Did you learn interrogation techniques? I did, but most of what I do with the linguistic analysis is just stuff that I've been self-trained on okay. and just studying and reading a lot and, and digging into the, the the wording that people use when they're being deceptive. Okay. Um, and just using that to analyze uh, an interview. So that's what I was doing on the last podcast is uh, interviewing or uh, reviewing an, an interview of a suspect and, and everything that he's answering and the implications of what he's saying. Have you seen the... Um Body language expert lady. There are on, many of them. On YouTube. Vanessa Van Edwards. I don't know. I, I think she's called body language. Um, uh, I can pull it up here real quickly. She's fascinating. She does more like um, 
social, political. She'll pull up like uh, that meeting between Trump and Pelosi and um, Schumer. And it's it's the body language. Yeah, so they're evaluating posture and um, oh, she's great. Micro expressions and and things of that nature and and how people react. What's her name? That Gosh, stuff can gonna, be really embarrassing. It's gonna bug me. I would not want somebody to to assess my body language or micro expressions. I think she's. I think I have a lot of them. Is it the body language glow, ghost? Yeah, that's her. That's her very the description. Very specific voice. The Oval Office and the President. And she'll stop it My and be like, Americans. My fellow Americans. This could be really short. I just watched three individuals sit and read from a teleprompter. There wasn't that much interesting going on. Obviously, we can tell by Trump's demeanor, he's reading his teleprompter. And by the words that he's using, it sounds like he wrote his own speech. He's sitting very formally in his chair and he is not relaxed. Tonight, I am speaking. So that's basically what she does, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool how she dissects people. Um, like she did the, what was the lady Blazy Ford, her testimony uh-huh. and, uh, everything that came out of her mouth. She's like, now look, she's trying to do pretty girl, pretty girl look. And she would, and she would tilt her head and she'd say, now look, see how she's talking. She's using that vocal fry. Like, I don't know. It, it, it was pretty fascinating, but yeah. Anyways. So body language. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I, I stick to linguistics. Okay. Um, my understanding is just much more accurate, mm-hmm. uh, than, than you know the where where you're looking or or how you're reacting right. uh the words we choose are not subconscious they're very conscious uh at some level so you are choosing to use the words so they're you know the body language is more reacting to what you're not necessarily trying to convey you're trying to hide right. looking down or looking up right or, or twiddling your thumbs or just hanging out on a couch man spreading <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that? How people are pissed about man spreading? People are pissed about everything. They're everything. It's driving me crazy. Kevin, you need, to you need to get off Twitter. I know. What was that I'm link so, that you sent me? I'm so... Oh, did you listen to it? Are you like making enemies in Canada now? No, he's just Not a, that we need to be friends with Canadians. He's just but. a friend of mine. Uh, oh, check he out, is. Okay. Check out Pete Van Dyke's uh, Live from the Dutch Hall. He's got the best setup. He so he set up. Uh, I think he quit like some office job somewhere and was like, "Screw this! I want to be a comedian." And he started a podcast and he hired a band or maybe they were his friends and they they like they start the cover of, or I'm sorry they start each episode with like a cover of a song and it's played with kazoo's and it's, and it's really good. It's like high quality. He turned his his pool house into a recording studio and he's got the lights and it's, it's like a night and uh, what do you call that? The night show, late night talk show. That's so cool. And then I just saw, in fact, I'm trying to get in touch with him. So I just happened to pull up one of his episodes and I heard we were, he was on one of my episodes a while ago, a bunch of years ago, like two or three years ago. And uh, I said, Hey, great episode. Um, some, for some reason we were going to start a war. So I was like, Hey, great episode. Um, hope your listeners enjoy hashtag, uh, Live from the Dutch Hall gives you eights. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, no problem. Uh, wait, what if, or Kevin Sullivan from Wait, What If Podcast is a sex offender, registered sex offender. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> so oh, we're going to go back and forth like that for a little bit. And uh, yeah, so anyways, I just randomly, he, he put a show out and he was talking about that. So I, I sent it to you because I thought it was, uh, yeah. it was funny. But yeah, I do. I do. I, I don't know. I do have to get off of Twitter because you're not getting anything. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. 
And we could get into our our topic for today that Savannah came to. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I'm woefully <laughs> unprepared. We're gonna for. Pre- we're gonna predict 2019. Oh, okay. But but part of that, what I was gonna talk about socially, I was gonna predict a social thing that's going on in 2019, is that you you, you don't get anything. You guys ever hear Steve Dace? D-E-A-C-E. He's a political commentator. He's got his own show on. It used to be CRTV. Now it's like The Blaze. Uh, him and his little crew, they're like hardcore conservatives. I don't know if I would call them libertarians, um, but they're they're like evangelical conservatives. And uh, it, not, not in my group. I'm not, I don't subscribe to that group. But they said that, they make a lot of good points. And they said that there's kind of a, a cold civil war going on right now. Because you have two factions um, that are extreme, right? You have the extreme right and the extreme left. In the middle, people kind of have to choose where they're going to go because social media is making that happen. Because if you don't fall in line with with the far right, then you're a beta cuck, you're a whatever. They come up with all these names and you're, you're not part of that group. Or the far left, you get a baseball bat to the back of your head. You know what I mean? So So they're making this like cold civil war through words through social media through actions i mean if you go up to a friend and say i voted for trump it's almost like saying hey you know uh uh hitler's got some good ideas you know what i mean like it it, if if i went out in public i would i wouldn't feel comfortable saying i voted for trump for fear of repercussions so that's just a weird place we're in and i think 2019 is going to be uh I think it's going to get worse, and I'll tell you why, because we have 2020 coming up. Yes. Well, I mean, I think, you know, what you're talking about, a lot of that, it's not quite thought police, but it's word police. It definitely right? is. Right? We're in an era of uh, extreme censorship, mm-hmm. and that everything you say and possibly what you're thinking is is being analyzed, diagnosed, and you're being punished for. Yep. Um, it's, and people are putting it out permanently on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. On uh, on social media. But this year is going to be a tipping point, I think, for a couple of reasons. One is is 2020 is coming up and people are going to start drawing lines in the sand. You know, the, the Dems are trying to figure out who to put up against. Uh, oh, you mean 2020 election? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, the year 2020, and uh, meaning that, yeah, that year is the year of the election. Um, people are taking it very seriously. They think that if, you know, if Hitler almost said if Trump gets elected again, <laughs> people are going to call him Hitler. You know what I mean? It's like, and and... Yeah, I don't know. I don't see this improving at all. And then you have Gillette coming out and saying, "Do you see that commercial?" Ugh. No. Did you well, see it? No. I don't watch TV. Me neither. Uh, I don't either. Well. Actually, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> no Twitter for you. Gillette came out and they um they had this thing where it's a commercial, and uh it's a bunch of men looking in the mirror, and they're just sad. They're just like guilty. And then in the background is like the Me Too movement, tox- toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Gillette, men can be better. And they're like showing them like catcalling women. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> so you want to go, Gillette wants to sit there and say, hey, 50% of the United States or the world, you're dog shit and you got to get your act together. Uh, no. And so I tweeted, um, I don't know, looked around, I see a cop. My neighbor over here, I see a, a retired army um, guy over here. I see a doctor. Uh, I see a family man next door has three kids, uh, works for... I see good people around me. And you're telling me we're all dog shit? No, I'm not falling into that world. Right. Yeah, a lot of backlash. I think that's what's coming. Yeah. 
I don't know. What are your <laughs> for thoughts? your Twitter account? No, I I keep it. I I, I stay. Rel- I'm about ninety five percent non political on Twitter. Hmm. I don't know. I don't. I I guess I can see it heating up a little bit more, but it just seems like it's all coming to a head. Like I don't know. There's going to be some sort of disaster. <laughs> you think someone's going to like? Do you think it'll turn into a hot war? No. <laughs> I don't. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, all people takes, are too lazy. All it takes, though, is someone to come and try to get someone's guns, and then there'll be shooting, guaranteed. Or I don't know. I don't know what would cause it to do that. Well, I'm hoping that somebody's going to realize that. So, and I'm not saying this because I want you to stop Twitter, but I think this is also the whole. Um, I think the Me Too movement is is fine um, for many reasons, but I also think the reason it's oh, yeah, been taken, yeah, the reason it's kind of gotten gone overboard and like the whole thing with Aziz Ansari. I don't know if you remember that story, but I think his career. I don't know that I've seen him anywhere do anything since this night when some girl who went on a date with him wrote about it the next day, and she said that it was like this terror. I mean, she just basically she made it seem like he raped her but then you're reading her story and you're like no you you know you drank wine with him like she like she starts the story by saying well first of all he gave me white wine he didn't even give me red so i mean you can you can clearly tell this is not um a story about being raped she just was pissed that he was like a bad lover it sounded like or something like that Uh, anyway but it just it it just seemed like she was getting a lot of attention to do to really destroy his career. And it's it a worked. Weapon. It's definitely a weapon. But it's crazy because it yeah. worked. I'm Accusations like Accusations are weapons. Yes. And and I think it what bothers me is that people it's fine for her to tell a story. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. And I'm fine for people to kind of think, oh, think about it. But what drives me crazy is that everybody thinks they know. They think they know, oh, right. yeah, he raped her. You know, everybody, that's what bothers me. It's the, like, no, you the weren't biggest, in the situation. Yeah, the biggest problem I have with all the things trending is that there's no, that you can't discuss anything, mm. but there's no debate anymore. There oh, are, no, no. there's only, there's only two things that you can do for anything. And you can pick the most extreme scenario. I would, I'll come up with something that's less uh, in the spotlight, but you know, somebody will have a video online and some guy kicks a dog, something that, you know, something like that, like something that I would be really bothered by. <laughs> there's only two reactions that people can have. Right. Everybody can flood social media with how awful and this person should be murdered. They should be fired. Everything, you know, that, that whole thing, which is. That's, in my opinion, that's a lot of what the Me Too movement is. It's all just jumping on board and nobody can have a separate opinion. We all have to follow this one narrative, which is whatever happened, this person's awful. No one could ask a question like, well, what prompted this? Um, You know, did maybe that, you know, you don't know any other facts. So just to ask a question, it's like, oh, are you saying it's okay to kick animals? Is that what you're saying? It's called straw men arguments. Right. And so there's nothing that I could say about any of the things that you bring up that's not like, are you pro rape then? Yeah. Like, why? Why would you question something? Yeah, like, why, why do you want a wall? You hate Mexicans? Right. No, I know, believe in national sovereignty. And, <laughs> and so you can't, there's no discussion points. And so those movements are all very narrowly defined. Um, and it's very scary to think that you can't ask any questions about any of it. Right, right. Um, you know, I mean, there are questions out there that, I mean, people are so taboo. And it's just like, well, if you just thought about something. Well, what about people who have changed their gender? And then change back. 
how do people react to that? Is that something like, are people supportive of that? Are people on the, you know, left supportive of that? Um, are those people happier? Like a question like that. I mean, they, that you do not want to ask that because that's not, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Because that's not, that's not questions. You're transphobic. Right. You're not, you're not, we're, we want to just be talking about the fact that they're being discriminated against and that's what you need to be focused on. Mm -hmm. Anything else you're anti it. And there's just so many things in our society where you can't even, um, you know, it's just that, that, uh, you know, baby being beaten and it's just like everybody jumps on board that that's, you know, whatever that is, it's just awful. Um, and for me, the question I keep coming back to every time I hear something is, so what we're saying is that this person shouldn't be allowed to work again. So what you're saying is that this person did X, so they should never be on a TV show again. Is that what we're saying? And whatever the X is, um, that that it's no longer acceptable. For, you know, no, you know, they should no longer have a record out. Their their TV show should be pulled off the air because of something either they were accused of or something they actually did. And um, I've got a real problem with that, regardless of what the action is, because I was I was thinking about it with, and I know nothing about the R. Kelly situation. All I know is that there's there's some show and something's happened. Yeah, I've, and I, I haven't bothered with that. Right, and so my no, thought... I don't know what you're talking about either. Okay, so, you know, there, there's all this stuff out there. Whatever he's done... He used to pee on people, um, underage girls. I, yeah, I think he did, yeah. He I know he was married to a fifth, maybe a 15-year-old or something, but um, is that, you know, oh, we're going to get his records banned, they're not going to allow to sell them on iTunes, and, like, that's an acceptable response. And I'm like, you know, 20 years ago... What you would do in that situation is you just wouldn't buy his records. That would be your protest. If you don't like what, what Madonna had to say, then you didn't buy her CDs. Mm-hmm. You didn't go out and try to prevent everyone else from buying them. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's the step that's happened in society that's so problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got a problem with an act that somebody did, they did something heinous, so you're not going to watch their movies anymore. That's fine. But why is it that we want to prevent them from ever being able to do anything again because right. we find the, their behavior so unacceptable? Did you hear about the weatherman who said, um, I'm even afraid to say it. He was, it was a total slip of the tongue. It was Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and he said Martin Luther Coon. But it was, when you watch it, he, he didn't mean to do it. He was like talking and this and that, and then it just slipped out, and he's like, oh my gosh, no. I, and they said, King, King. <gasps> And Aww. and he's been working for all these years. Done. He's, yeah, done. Get, they fired him. Uh, no one will hire him. And he's like, he's made, he's made these videos, and it's like it's too late, man. I mean, he made a simple, simple mistake, and he was, that's it. He's done. And it was even a mistake. Like I made a mistake because I got mad and I started dropping m bombs or something like that. You know, he, he, it was it's inadvertent. Slip, it right. was a slip, and it just happened to be in an inappropriate name. You know, it, and that's one of those things that I would do. Like somebody like me who has like a weird social awkwardness problem, I would probably do that just because I didn't want that to happen. Yeah, like sometimes and that could have happened. You, when you don't want something terrible yeah. like that, you do it. Yeah, plus Luther, then also, you go king. I mean, what is that? I don't even know what that means. Is that some sort of it's yeah, like a racial it's a, slur? There's an old racial slur um, in the See, olden days. See, that's the other thing is like, who even uses that term? Like, yeah. Like maybe he knew that it was a racial slur, but it's like from some other time. Yeah, in the 1950s. And he never uses it ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not so like he's running around. It's using obviously that. a slip. Yeah. I mean, but I I can't imagine. Over, he's done. I can't imagine being a comedian today. Oh, I because every single. Th- I mean, I've listened to acts where people are apologizing through the. Whole, I'm not saying this, and I'm you know it's like they can't even just do an act right. because any word they utter could be the end of their career. 
And it, you know, they should just say what they want. That this is a free freaking country. People are actually talking about altering the First Amendment. You know, let's outlaw hate speech. Great. Who's going to label that? This is probably hate speech because we dare talk about yeah, uh, dare talk about free freedom of speech, which is so stupid. But it's only getting worse. And every single time I go on social media, that's really the only place you see it. Well, um, see, that's what I think might happen. That's my that's my hope. I, it's not really a prediction, and I don't think it would happen this year. But I do think it's extraordinarily damaging to the psyche to check social media. Um, just for my own, I mean, this is me kind of, well, I'm not citing data. I'm just saying from my own personal experience. And I'm not like one of those people who goes on and stares at other people like wishing that I had their lives. I literally just check to like see what other people are doing to mm-hmm. keep up. And even that I, afterwards, I just feel like, what did I just do with the last 15 minutes of my life? And so I'm hoping that people will start to realize that social media to some extent, in my opinion, is is junk food for the mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do it literally just to find out what's going on. And then I'll get angry. And then I realize I'm not, no minds are being changed, right? You're not changing anyone's mind. My mind isn't going to be changed to alter the first amendment. It's not going to happen. And so, so who are you speaking to? Like if I, if I find somebody who's, who's, and I did, I tweeted that thing about Gillette, like, Oh, I have good neighbors. They're all men. I don't think they should feel guilty for being the way they are. Um, well, it's not, I don't know. Someone started screaming at me and, Twitter scream and I'm like well, I'm not going to argue with you because what do you am I, you're not going to make me go oh yeah you're right guys are dog shit we should all we should all apologize for I don't know storming the beaches of Normandy um, inventing the light bulb um, industrial revolution gosh men suck <laughs> yeah I'm not going to apologize for that but right. and then this person is never going to see men as as equals or whatever it is as just people we're we're oppressors we're mm-hmm. uh, ma- toxic masculinity we're the problem with the world and it's so and that's and then what do people do they go on there and they just they just argue their sides but they don't even argue their sides to your point um they spew out their talking points and if you disagree with it you're a racist right <laughs> hmm. yeah so it's getting ugly and it's getting uglier and i don't i don't know i was thinking with 2019 and the election coming up, uh, I guess uh, now I don't even know what my prediction was. <laughs> uh, we can say the prediction is um, the polls will be wrong. There will be results that are contested. There will be claims of voter fraud. That would be my predictions oh, for the next election. Yeah, yeah. Did that had to happen with every election I've known except Bush and Clinton. I think those two came in without any. But once those hanging chads down in Florida became an issue, that's all people do is complain. How about the word socialism and communism? That was something else I was going to bring up. It used to be taboo. It used to be taboo. And and what's funny about it is even five years ago, the Democrats, really, when you talk about a neocon and a Democrat, they're the same thing. They have a few different issues. Maybe they were, they, one's blue and one's red, right? That, but George Bush compared to Clinton, there's not a, bit, a whole big difference. George Bush won, Bill Clinton Um now we have Schumer and we have we have mainstream Democrats talking socialism and how it's OK. It's not a bad word. And it's like, what are you guys idiots? It's like looking at a house burning down and being like, you know what? I think we should do a campfire in our living room because <laughs> I think that's what they did. It looks very warm and it'll save us some money. But they don't realize that yet yeah, you're going to die. You're going to lose your house. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I, I predict that um, the U.S. is not going to do well. I do kind of think we are somehow going to. There's something's going to happen. When you can turn on TV and they have a 10-year-old boy dressed as a girl. Did you see this one? Dancing on a stage in a male strip bar. And this is somehow okay. Uh, he was on the Good Morning America. I was walking past the front. I was walking past our, our lobby at work. And the TV was on and I see him. It's a boy. It's a drag boy named or girl or whatever. No, he's he identifies as a boy, but he's he's sexualized. He's hypersexualized. Uh, he's like the darling of the left because he's fabulous. And um, who's the 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 NFL player with the gap in his teeth? Um, Mike Strahan. Michael Strahan has him on the Good Morning America. Did did no one say? Are we in a place where no one's like? Ah, do you know what? Like the camera guy in the back raises his hand to, in the pre-production is like, this might this might not be appropriate um, having the sexualized ten-year-old boy dressed up like that. No one said that. Michael Strahan, you think he would be like, uh, guys, I don't I don't think we should do this. But if he did, what would have happened? Bigot. Right. That's Film insane. the show, bigot. I mean, was he really like that sexual? That's yeah. Really yeah. horrifying. It's, it's Desmond is. Amazing. I'm I'm kind of upset that I know that right off the top of my head. <laughs> but he is um Desmond is amazing. Okay. And I think this is him. Oh yeah, this is him on Good Morning America. Oh, the, the ads, of course. Did and you, you know find this on Twitter? Uh no. probably or YouTube. <laughs> my niece, my niece uh, stayed with us a couple summers ago and I was like what? she'd go into here she's like 13 she'd just mo- <laughs> come into here and she stays in the front room and I'm like what do you do what do you wa- do at night she's like oh I watch YouTube I'm like what what do you do watching YouTube like you just and now that's what I do <laughs> I go on I'm like but uh, here he is you might have to I am Desmond I'm 11 years old and I like pizza trains and drinking root beer since it's caffeine free i also do drag and i love to put on makeup dresses and wigs and of course jewelry if necessary my full drag name is desmond it's amazing I feel very happy to have a mom that accepts me it really touches me deeply that there are other children out there that he's reaching and they're listening to him and he's influencing them to be themselves so what they're not showing is is him on stage at a gay bar and whose idea was that and and but that's appropriate i mean okay if your kid wants to put on dresses it's none of my freaking business right if if it's in your house okay uh but to to obviously exploit this kid and and make him a poster boy i don't know we're in a well it's just we're in a world where everything has to be seen Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get your wife a birthday cake, you, she's not just the one to see it. You got to film that and put that on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, like everybody, needs to see that from uh, from all angles, right. the right angles, I should say. Have you? Did you see the Black Mirror where she? It's all about getting social points. Oh yeah, yeah. That was fascinating. That's actually a thing in China. Yeah. Yeah, they get social. It's not unrealistic at all. Actually, everything in Black Mirror is totally. I can see it all happening. How about the dogs? 
the Metal killer head. dogs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They look exactly like the Boston it's Dynamic dogs. Terrifying. What are Boston Dynamic dogs? Oh my gosh. The robots. The, there's a company called Boston Dy- Dynamics. They make robots. They're making the things that are going to kill us someday. They're very dexterous robots that can do a lot of tricks. They're teaching them how to do how to climb trees. No, nothing can like kill that. us faster than we can kill ourselves. I feel like, but yeah. Oh, these things might be well, a little bit basically, faster. Basically, this would be indirectly killing ourselves because we're the ones who, who are creating them. Who was it? Um, didn't oh, what's his name there? Uh, Elon Musk. Didn't he say something along those lines? He was like, uh, "Here, look at there's the killer dog." It even sounds like it's breathing. And then I think he goes to the look. He's looking at the door. He's he's sizing up the door. And then here comes his friend. Watch this. Ah. <laughs> He's got like a a giraffe neck, like a cobra mouth looking thing. Oh, yeah. It just opens the door. All right. Oh, look at that. You're going to be sleeping one night, and these things are going to be, they're, they're going to be tasked with taking out, I don't know, men over the age of 40, and they're just going to do it. I think I'd put my dog against one of those, and my dog can open a door and faster than that. Um, <laughs> she, this she, thing's a robot. That's a mild one. They, yeah. they have some where they're like jumping up walls and doing flips, and guys guys will go up and kick them, and it's kind of sad because they look like dogs, so it looks, but they're pieces of plastic, and they'll kind of fall over and get back up. So... It got me thinking, like, you know, an attack dog, so I was thinking about them, like, for security. And one of the things that I've kind of been pondering lately is the idea of how much stress in your life is based on false positives in everything you have set up to to somehow help your life. So, I mean, alarm system's a perfect example, Mm -hmm. right? You think you're safer because you have this alarm system. How many times has that alarm system gone off and it was nothing and caused you stress? Um, You know, how many times has your kid's uh, noise thing done something that made you think there was something wrong with your kid and there was nothing wrong? Or Mm -hmm. the idea that um, every time you get somewhere, you have to text their parents. So if you don't get a text, you panic that your child is, is something's wrong when you know so we have all these things that are set up to help us that are 99 percent of the time only giving us wrong information that is causing a tremendous amount of stress and if you look at your life how many things there are that you're doing yourself and people think that that's okay like they are never concerned about the stress associated with um i got an alert that my garage door is open and i'm at work Mm -hmm. or i'm on vacation and i mean i've had neighbors call panicked because their garage door is open they're on vacation you know, and it's just like a sensor was out or something. Yeah. And it's like, why, how is that helpful to them? You know I mean? I mean that's just a ton of stress for so, nothing. So what you're saying, like Boston Dynamic dogs aren't going to be helpful. They'll just stress us out. Oh, I think absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm like everything. It's like you're, there's so much more negative than positive and almost like everything. Oh, this technology is so exciting. And I mean, I love technology, some of it at least, but it's like so much of it is just a negative. I mean, a cell phone. How how difficult is it for two people to meet each other in a public place now? You've got to text seven times. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm by this door over here. <laughs> how did 30 we years people? ago. How did we do that? I we met remember. Each, we never, I, I never, I don't ever remember going out and not being able to find somebody. Yeah. Unless, the, you know, they got in a car, you know, an accident or something. I don't ever remember that happening. You can't find them now because you're too busy looking down right. at your phone. You're like, I honestly, I don't remember. One foot away from your phone. I don't remember how I used to meet up with people. I have no recollection of it. And I was, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was at a conference and there was this guy talking about uh, self-defense. 
and basic, you know, how to make yourself less of being, you know, less likely to be attacked. And he talked about a hundred things, but there was one takeaway from that. And it was the, the saddest, most obvious thing in the world. And that is your phone is the single biggest way that you will be attacked. Because anybody that's looking to attack you is looking for somebody who's not paying attention. Mm -hmm. There is nothing an attacker could do to make you more distracted than that phone in your hand. And how many times you're looking down at when you're walking to your car, when you're, you know, you're doing this, you're fumbling for it. I mean, you and I were less vulnerable, we feel, because we're, you know, men. But it's just, oh, you, I are, scan, though. you are so vulnerable I, every I, time you look at that phone. I, I'm, I, I'm a definite, I check my ass everywhere I go. I already, I always do my scan. Uh, I, I'm. You're situationally aware. Oh, absolutely. Like when I pull in, I look in reflections. I remember we had this conversation, one of the last uh, yeah. Revival 1869. You're like, I think you mentioned that. Isn't that hard to live that way? Or isn't it stressful? And yeah. it isn't stressful. Yeah. Hypervigilant is what you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've also had people try to murder me. Well, I guess it's not murder in a time of war. I've had people try to kill me. It's legalized murder, I guess. Yeah. 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 So it's like. No, it sticks with you. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, well, it 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 just makes things it just makes sense to me. I'm out with my kids. Uh, I get out of a car before I get out of the car. I'm looking in my mirrors. I'm just making sure. I don't know. And if someone is there, then they're going to get shot. <laughs> and, and I say this to every, I, I say this all the time to, to parents who are really like just very concerned about a stranger taking their kids. And, Oh yeah. It you rarely know, happens. And I always, you know, who do you think is the biggest threat to your kids? The family. Yeah. Right. You and your wife are by far the most likely to abuse your or hurt your child or kill your child much more than anybody else. Yeah. But everybody's looking around like everywhere else. It's somebody's going to come and get them. Yeah. I mean, but, I was looking I'm at that way about my nieces. Yeah. I'm terrified. They're going to grab them. Yeah, even though I know that nobody in the family, they're not going to get that way, but I worry so much about some predator. I still can't help with it. I did the math because um, someone was talking about gun violence. Um, 400 someone? people? Yeah, everyone. You're <laughs> right. But I mean, I was I was, was referring to something. I, I don't remember what it was, but I said, you know, I'm just going to do the math. And it was, there was 400 people, I think there was 400 people killed by police in 2017. And if you do the stats, it's like five zeros and a one and a three. It's like point zero 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 one three chance of you getting killed by the police. And then you say, okay, well, what about the thirty thousand that or thirty five thousand that die a year of gun violence? Well, first off, two thirds of those shoot themselves. So I don't know, not my problem. <laughs> if you're gonna shoot yourself, <laughs> I mean, it isn't. Okay. So now we have 10,000. Um, okay, that seems like a lot. 0.00003% chance of you dying by gun violence in America. Right. Yeah, you're fixating on the extreme is what people yeah, are doing. Yeah, and it, it is the yeah. extreme. And then rifles. The but AR that's the whole false positive, right? The you're 99.9% yeah, yeah. .9 of the time, it's nothing. The but AR you're fixating on that one possibility that someone's breaking into your house. The AR-15 accounts for like 0.000001%. It was very, very low of, of all the gun violence. So now you take all the gun violence, which is a very low statistic, right. and you're taking a tiny statistic out of that. And no, nope, it's big, it's scary, and Americans shouldn't have them. Okay. Americans should. More people, you're twice as likely to be, be killed by fists and blunt objects. Crickets. No one talks about that. <laughs> Once again, that's another uh, one you can't debate. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. The debate is over. I hear that all the time about all these things yeah. that I'm like, when did when were we debating these yeah. things? I don't remember is that a how debate it works? ever occurring on any of this. Someone says winner and then they. 
but yeah. I, re- I remember uh, back in the 90s talking to a, a guy who was an editor at the Washington Post, and I didn't know it at the time, but I just happened to be fixated on uh, liberal bias in the media at that point. And I was talking to him about it, and it was really interesting. I mean, the guy was, cl- he was I mean, he worked for the Washington Post. I knew he was a liberal after he told me that. But And he worked in that media, and it was interesting. He didn't necessarily deny any of the things that I was saying, but he was explaining to me about, like, why a lot of that happens. Mm-hmm. For example, that, you know, if the Washington Times or Washington Post is running an article uh, and the New York Times isn't running it, the New York Times is going to be like, why, you know, their people are going to be like, why aren't you running that? How come you didn't know about that? So they're all reading each other's articles to make sure that all the top uh, organizations know what all the other ones are doing. And since they're all basically driven by the same, kind of organizations which at the time were very liberal you know the the new york times the washington post the chicago tribune all those are all paying attention and all running very much the same stories because they feel that those are the key stories because the other top organizations are running them and if you look at it from a uh you know liberal bias perspective at least at, you know at the time i was quoting uh, um, bernard goldberg his book bias is, is that that you see the same headlines on all the on the papers that was the mm-hmm. point i was making and that there was very incestual and he was just explaining to me right or wrong that's why that happens and so he was just kind of walking through a lot of the things like within the media and how it works but I mean, I, I think back on that conversation. I think, you know, you couldn't have a conversation. They, they would just deny that there is any kind of, that just doesn't exist. The only bias in media is Fox News. They're conservative. We can all agree on that. But, you know, nobody else, you know, and it's just like I remember having discussions like that. And it's just like that doesn't exist anymore. I had a guy on just recent. Well, no, it wasn't recently. It was last year who um, who talked about that very thing. There he is. Uh, Dr. Joseph Usinski. Uh He's a conspiracy theory pro. I don't know. He's a Ooh. doctor that goes into those things. He's a, he teaches a class over at, I, I don't remember. Um, but he gets, uh, he gets really deep into, let's see, he wrote a book called The People's News, Media Politics, and the Demands of Capitalism in American Conspiracy Theories. But he, he, um, he got into that. He was like, well, what, what is it? Is it the news that is dictating what's going on in the world or is it the news reflecting what's going on like what the the pulse of the people is yeah the news is right i mean that the news is supposed to only be reporting yeah uh but certainly the news reports on itself or is it that's very clear today Mm -hmm. that they Mm -hmm. oh you know oh i mean this is clearly a big story we see all the news trucks here you know that's something they report on um and then in and so they make a big deal out of that and they run studies and then they report on what they studied and uh, yeah, it's very uh, questionable, and that whether or not they're actually reporting news or merely creating the news that they're reporting on. If the news was reporting, was actually reflecting the what the majority wants, then Trump would not have won the election, right? I don't know because Trump I think... winning meant that the majority wanted Trump to win, and nobody in the news wanted him to win, right? And the, I think the stories I would say reflected that. I think Trump won because a majority of the country, it is going to sound like I'm, I'm chastising them and I'm not, but the majority of the country, and not even the majority, but you know what I mean? The, the majority of the, their votes went to the right place, <laughs> you know, because of the electoral college, which right. we need. And if you don't think we need the electoral college, you're an idiot. Just read a civics <laughs> book and figure out what it's all about. <laughs> um, if you don't, if you say get rid of the electoral college, guess what? Everyone outside of New York City and L.A., you're done. Don't even bother going to the polls anymore. No one's going to pay a damn attention to you. You're you're over. You're no longer needed 
in the American political system because they're only going to pander to the major cities. Right. Um, but now I just lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? The ah. media? Well, I mean, so, I mean, Trump may not have gotten, oh. a, I think he didn't get a majority. I think he? people were just sick of being told what to do. They were yeah. sick of being, okay, uh, all conservatives line up here. This is your guy. All liberals line up over here and this is your, your guy or girl. And, um, and this is what you're supposed to believe in. This is what you're supposed to believe in. Everyone's like, do you know what? I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of being told I'm an idiot. I'm sick of being told I'm deplorable. I'm sick of, but you know what? I'm going to vote for this guy because if anything, he's going to walk in there with a can of gasoline and a blowtorch. And that's exactly what he did. And as a libertarian, I love, I love that the, the hardliners on both parties are losing their minds. What right. Do I agree book? with him? I, I don't know. I, I don't agree. Like, right. I think he's, he's boisterous. He's narcissistic. He's, He's, uh, those are probably the two main yeah. things right there. Um, a lot of synonyms there. Yeah, yeah. Are they the same? Boisterous? No, no. And I was thinking he's very loud. I, one of gargarious. The, he's <laughs> one of the arguments I've always had, and, you know, maybe 10 years ago was that, uh, the way it worked would be that, uh, you know, the, the liberals would want a 12% increase in uh, whatever, housing. Mm-hmm. And the conservatives would want an 8% increase in housing. And then the liberals would say, you know, they don't, they don't care about poor people. They don't, you know, they're only wanting to help the wealthy. And I'm like, why not say a 50% cut then? You're going to get the same criticism. Yeah. Why, you know, why just be a little less? You need to be completely extreme because they've already thrown the, you know, the the complaints out there. And so now we have somebody that is basically that, right? Yeah. It's not just, I mean, George Bush as a conservative was an 8% guy. He was a, we're going to grow a lot of government. We're just going to grow it less than what the, the liberals okay. would do. I mean, his right? spending was ridiculous right. over eight years. Yeah. And not counting the um, bailout. God, freaking neocons. But, but, you know, so I'm just like, why not go to the other extreme? You've already got the, the uh, you know, the, the, the name calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so why not just say, let's just get rid of this department? Because, you know, you're going to get the same argument. Yeah. So, but, so he's certainly that kind of uh, personality. People don't appreciate that part of it either. It's either you are... 100% with everything he says and you're a racist, which, well, we won't get into that. Or how about you just were sick of the system? How about that? How about you've said, you know what? I or you were just screw- voting against Hillary. Or you're a lot voting of people against, were doing that. Yeah, or you're voting against Hillary. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, they're, they're freaking out. Like, like literally there's jackboots marching down the street and they're, people are tweeting like, um, I'll stand with you when they come for you. Who the f- who's coming for who? No one's coming for anyone. You can be gay. No one's going to care. Put a big gay flag out on your front lawn and have a little gay parade around your house. No one cares. I won't care. No one will care. No one's coming for you. Put a Trump flag out in front of you. Put yard. a Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is that if you make people think that this is literally uh, Germany 1939, then... I don't know. You put people in that panic mode and you got them. You have them under your, your finger. Useful idiots. Can I, can I throw out a, uh, a, like a government conspiracy? Sure. So not that I necessarily, I, I don't believe it because I think it would require too much thought and, and uh, coordination. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the fact that the government spending is just completely out of control, you know, it's oh, just, yeah. it's way beyond anything that's ever sustainable or believable. It's, it's just nuts. So you say, what would be the way to solve that problem? Like if you could do anything you want. So the, the two things that I would say that you could solve, how you would solve government Shut spending. Shut the government down? No. <laughs> that doesn't save any money because they'll pay it all that. No, the first one would be, well, you want to get rid of all the old people. 
because that's where all the money goes between Social Security and Medicare. So what could you do to shorten the lifespan of, of Americans so we can reduce the amount of money we're spending on Social Security and Medicare, which is like two-thirds of the budget? Well, what I would say is what you'd want to do is take control of the healthcare system and destroy it. That'd be the first thing I would. That's what I would say. That'd be the best thing to do to be able to shorten the life of humans. The second thing I would say is if you've got out of control spending, you've got all this debt that you have an obligation to pay, what would you do? I would want hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. How do you get hyperinflation? You get hyperinflation by having zero interest rates and by having massive government spending. Those would be the two things that you could do that would drive hyperinflation. Government that, spending into the economy. The money's yeah, pushed into I the mean, economy. I mean, anyway, yeah, it's yeah, going to... Yeah. I mean, that hasn't worked, mm-hmm. and interest rates have gone up. But those would be the two things, like, on a conspiracy level, that I would say you would want to do to address the government spending. Now, you're and, talking like the uh, deep state. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't... Like I said, I don't think that's coordinated or anything. I don't think that's part of the plan. Uh, yeah, I don't but, think so either. But it, those are the two things I would do. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, the first one is pretty extreme and, and horrific, but I mean, that's the, that's the kind of like, you just mentioned the conspiracy guy before. So it's one yeah. of them I just, I, I thought of, but it's the simplest thing. And, and you're right. You said that, you know, uh, 12% down to 8%. Oh, you hate poor people as a libertarian. I, if life sucks for you, I'm sorry. Do something about it. Do I think people need so I'm I'm there's a term called a classical liberal, and that's probably more what I am, and that's the idea that okay, yeah, we need some government. We need some. John right? Locke, I think, would be an example of that. I think he is. I think back, he's the yeah. the classical liberal guy. But um yeah, so you need like uh let's say your house burns down and I don't know, it's not insured because you got hit by lightning act of God and at the same time you lost your leg and now you can't work. Yeah, that guy needs some help. Okay, yeah, I'm but fine does that, that need to be government? It doesn't need to be federal government. There's definitely that's private sure. ways to do that. I, I, not now, I not in know. today's society, but in a future society, if we were all basically classical liberals mm-hmm. or liberals, I, I think that it would be easy to set that up. You could have your own private insurance system. That would be simple. And With, everybody would put into it because we all want disaster insurance. Mm-hmm. That's kind of happening. Like there's, I belong to a group called Fundrise, and this would be an example of that. Do you know Fundrise? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's for like real estate, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm not a billionaire. I, I know, big, big surprise. Cats out of the bag. Yep. But uh, I, I want to. I like to invest. I have a little. I used to. Little known fact. I was a Series Six, Sixty Three, Series Seven. Series 7 and 63 licensed broker in Boston what? for like two years. I think 6 is mutual funds, 7 okay. might be stocks. It was stocks. Yeah. I could do stocks and mutual funds. So maybe I was 6, 7, 63. I don't know. I yeah. had to study for a year, take a test, and then I was like, this job sucks. So I, they paid me to take the test. <laughs> so I took the job. Um, but anyways, I like to invest. And Fundrise is like I would love to invest in real estate. Real estate is a pain in the ass to, to invest in. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate, I've I have invested in the past. It's done very well. But again, it's a pain in the ass finding property, buying it, getting rent and all that. So Fundrise is just a group of people, almost like a mutual fund per se, but it's its own private company mm-hmm. that says, let's all pull our money in and go invest in in real estate. Have and you invested in REITs? No, no. Real estate investment trusts? I mean, that's what it sounds like. Very similar? Like. Yeah, is that what it, it is? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But I think a REIT might be different i think it's i think it's a, a lending company yeah is, that, or is it like we is more a lending company yeah a it's also like something slightly different do you do um crowd no uh it's like a crowdsourced lending bank uh lending tree no i haven't done that one Gosh. i haven't done any of them 
but I've thought about it. I just am waiting for the market to tank, and then I'm yeah. gonna start putting money in that. Well, this stuff is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking it's gonna tank, but it keeps doing good, so I'm not well, bailing out. Here's my prediction. I don't know if this is gonna happen. All right, 2019. Yeah, oh, here we go. This this is relevant. So this may not be 2019 though. Um, I can't. I don't know that I can say that. But like 2008, maybe. <laughs> But no, I don't I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But to me, all the a lot of the details that we need to have in place are in place for 3D printing houses. I've been saying it for yeah, years. You said that on the last podcast here. Or maybe you said it on Did your I? podcast that yeah. I was on. Oh, I might have. And so that's I mean, it's I've seen a company that has fast brick robotics. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a robot that'll just stack bricks. I mean, it'll just make your whole house. It's a robot. That's I get make it. Housing really cheap to make, and so all you really need is land. I, I still know, I don't. Saying that. I I invested What's in um a three D company a few years ago, and it just it just I think it was three D. I think three D was the stock. Three D. I, I invested in them too. I got out at the right time. Yeah. But I, so the thing with three D printing, and I I know I've said this already, but it's difficult to know which one, which three D printer to put your money into. Mm-hmm. So that part I'm not comfortable with because. There's companies all over the place, and they all have their different types, uh, different styles of 3D printing, um, different materials, and and all of that. It's it's until very... until you can do the lost in space, hit a button, and it prints out a gun for me. That's and I, gonna all happen. Right, all right, guns, get it. All right, anything. I want uh, I, I want a DSLR camera like that right there. I, I want that to print out it. I don't think well, that's we possible. Had that yeah, we did have that conversation like, in the podcast that? that got lost. So now we're going to have it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> how does that happen? Like, how do you, like, there's so many moving parts in that camera. Well, once you get to a stage where you can do something like that, remember, and you came up with this, um, all the different little components that are in there, you might be able to generate them. Like, let's say you need a lens. To put it together. Or, or what? I would still have to put it together, right? No, but let's say that, no, what if it was a clear piece of plastic, mm-hmm. but it had all the components that you need to be able to take a picture and that could happen. So like all the oh, different functions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have material science I advances I as that. well. <laughs> so basically you have, you have a material that's like a stem cell material. It has the ability to be and do what it wants to do. Or it could do. be a multiple, a, a variety of different materials. One material does a variety yeah, of things. Yeah, because 3D printers, they have been invented that have nozzles that can shoot out multiple different types of, of material. So, I mean, you'd have to be creative. I mean, whoever very figures that out is going to be quite brilliant. But once they do, that would be cheap as... Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I get it. I understand it. I would love it. But it just seems so... I think it, we're, we're still away far away from that oh from that but not from a 3d printed house and so what you and i'm not gonna well i might i might invest in a company or two i think fast brick robotics they look like they're doing well but although and the stock is cheap so penny fast brick i'll I'll invest in a penny stock here and there um yeah fast brick robotics okay but that to me is stock tips and more that's far along so to me i'm only buying land and at some point, I plan to 3D print a house on some plot of land out there. Lending club. That's what it is. Lending club. How did you not think of that when I said lending tree? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but lending club is, let's say you um, let's say you want to, I'm not even going to, it's boring, but basically everyone gets together and it's like a private bank. So I can invest in a thousand, five thousand dollar loans that people who have a certain credit score. So, I mean, it's still risky. 
Um, you realize you're describing like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, right? No, I didn't know that. No. So what you can you can't. No, I don't I, think so. Oh, it's, just, it's private people buying like twenty five dollars worth of a five thousand dollar loan that someone's using to, I don't know, build a porch. Okay. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. There was like. Somebody else was buying them for other people, and the representatives had no incentive to actually make sure that it, this was working. In this case, you're buying directly for yourself, so you have you have incentive to like check the credit and make sure it's okay. I just made all of yeah, that. Yeah, no, no, you do. I can check their credit. I check their job status. I check how long they've worked there, and then if someone and I have a bunch of my own little personal, uh, they have to have been working for five years. They have to make you know their their debt to income ratio has to be so much, and then I'll I'll put my twenty five dollars in. <laughs> Okay. Wait, what are you what are you thinking? No, I mean I'm just I mean I'm thinking I think it's great that's exactly how Fannie and Freddie worked initially. Uh I mean it was all housing related. I've gotten like But it's the whole bundling the and oh, there's no risk because they're oh, no, all risk. high um you know there's so many what are the chances of having some kind of mass default? <laughs> I mean all those predicated assumptions uh were completely destroyed like in an instant. But I mean I'm not saying not do it. I'm just saying that just that that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's. I I understand the similarities. I think it's smaller and it's um. There's definitely risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always going to be the case with investing. No, guys, it's no risk, and I've put all my savings into it. It's <laughs> awesome. But if you've made ten percent in the past um, six months, that's way better than the stock market. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I've done well. You. You're never going to make six percent, ten percent every six months, though. Like, I did well there. If you did that, you'd be wealthy. Very fast. I know. That's. I'm looking for that. That's. Yeah. If you look at the the trends though, so so my investing strategy is basically just to buy everything, like the the what do they call <laughs> the in- ice cream? <laughs> I'll take it. Golf right. clubs. I'll exactly. take it. Exactly. The index funds. Yeah. I'm, I'm like an index. Yeah, fund. index right. are good. They do well. Stop scratching up the carpet. If you want to be mediocre. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and boring. <laughs> I know, but if you look at um. The S and P five hundred. If you look at a graph of it, starting in as as long as you can. I'm sorry, my dog is. Uh, I don't. It's I don't carpet. Know what he's it's doing. Not gonna, it's funny. Um, over like since the eighties, and you look at a graph of it, it looks very much like an exponential curve. Very. It does not look like a linear curve. Which which exponential. one? Exponential. The the S and P five hundred. Yeah, but it, over it time. does that a couple times. It's, yeah, two thousand eight. But to me, those those breaks um, are what I call a buying opportunity. Yeah, no. Until you go are, through one, they're awful when you're yeah. in them. Do you awful. know what I did? Uh, I've been through. Awful. I've been through one, and I bought. I, I, I sold. Did well. I sold like three months before the 2008 crash. I don't. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but I was closer to having my stock knowledge before I've lost it over that because that was 11 years ago, and when everyone was just getting murdered, my money was sitting in the money market. I was like. How did you do that? How did you know I don't that? know. You just... I just... I have no idea. We were living up in Cary, and I was like, we got to get out. We got to get out. And I pulled everything out, put it in a money market, and nothing happened. See, if I if if I would have followed my gut on that, I would have done the same thing, but I would have been a, done it five years too early. Oh, right. I mean, I, I see it stuff way... It takes forever for those things to, yeah. to come to fruition for me. Something... So I felt I'm like a screaming, rock star. I'm screaming bloody murder like in 2003, 2004, oh. saying... You know this housing market's going to explode. This is there's no way this is sustainable, and it just keeps going up and up and up. I mean, I just it's so frustrating. But okay, moving right along. Uh, Savannah has stepped out. Uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my celebrity deaths this year. I feel oh. I feel kind of bad about it. I was 
I know I'm not a psychopath. I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I was sitting here and I was like, every year we do our celebrity death um, pool. And today I was doing it. I was thinking, and I'm like, these are people. That's true. Like, it's a horrible thing to do. To be like, well, this guy's probably going to die. Terrible thing. So I feel guilty about it. Uh, so thus, I'm not a psychopath. All old people? Or you pick like, oh, this person well, might OD? Yeah, that's like, as well? that's like saying, I... I'm going to put $1,000 at the Patriots will win the Super Bowl in the next 10 years. Okay. That's a rough. Say that the the um, Bears or <laughs> right. now, now you're taking a risk. So, yeah. I mean, top of my list is Ginsburg because <laughs> it's an easy one. Okay. Um, but uh, Bill Cosby. Now, see, these are too easy. Kirk Douglas, Prince Philip. Uh, all those three of them are. Two of them are over 100. Ginsburg is close <laughs> to it. Bill Cosby, I think, is in his 80s. Um, Ginsburg's did you, feisty. Did she's you know, feisty. She, but she's got cancer. and She's, she's feisty. Yeah. Uh, do you know um, Jerry Lee Lewis is still alive? Do you know that? I did not know that. I was shocked. I went through the list today to look at who's alive. <laughs> There's actually well, a celebrity death pool. Is that a Google list you can do? There's a celebrity death pool website. And um, all the top ones are just the oldest people that are out there. And... Um, it's sad because some of them are grayed out because they've already died this year. Oh, man. Uh, that one just recently died. But, um, yeah, you flip through and you're like, wow, that person's still alive. And uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Never thought of that. Hmm. Uh, and too bad Savannah's not here because my last prediction is I think this year uh, is going to be the year that we're going to see a big change in cell phones. Right? Because what... it we had cell phones in and of themselves were something major. And then people were like, Oh, maybe we can get email on them. Maybe. And they started getting a little, little more high tech, but no one kind of understood. I remember getting a phone being like, why do I want a stupid camera on here? That seems too clunky and annoying. I just want the phone. Cause we didn't have the, I didn't have the, the foresight to think, Oh, these are going to become little computers and having a camera and a computer would make sense. And then iPhone came out and changed the world, literally changed the world but it's been 10 years and yeah, they've gotten faster and sleeker, but it's still the iPhone and Samsung galaxy is still an iPhone. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So I think it's almost 2020 and that's a big year. That's like a red letter because 2000 was the big one, right? Oh, right. let's get to new millennium. Uh, no one's going to wait a thousand years for the year 3000 to make a new thing. So 2020 is kind of like a, a nice round number and it has that future sound to it. So I think over the next 12 months, you missed my whole uh, tech spiel. I think over the next 12 months, we're going to see a something's going to come down the pike with cell phones or some sort of peripheral device that is going to change. Uh, uh, this is my prediction, and I'm going to do a quick recap because it's going to be boring if I do it again. The last time we had a big disruption was with the iPhone because everything followed the iPhone. Right. And we're about to hit 2020. The iPhone, that was 10 years ago. Things have gotten faster, but they're not, they're, they're the, still an iPhone, right? It's still a phone. So in 2020, I feel like someone's going to release something big. Like Google Glass, oh, they were trying that 10 years ago, whatever it was, five years ago. It didn't quite work. But I think this is the perfect time for them to, whether it's a flexible phone, um, which I know Samsung has one out. Uh, it's a prototype. There's actually a TV out there where it's like you press a button and it unrolls. Uh, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, we'll it's getting late um, and it's rainy. So we'll close on uh, 
the year 2019, what do you think is going to come out? Almost like a mini CES. I think it's going to be something big on phones. Huh, interesting. 2019. Um, honestly, I I don't really think much is going to happen. You don't think don't, someone's going to release anything... something big by 2020? Like well, Apple's going to come out I think out in next... 2020, that's when we're going to see a lot of crazy things happen. I just think guess. it's a kind of a cool year for people to be like, let's get this stuff out there. 2019? 2020. Tw- yeah, exactly. 2020, yeah. there's something about an even number. Because in 20. 20- Zero, zero, in 2000, I remember thinking, oh, they'll have that by 2020. Mm-hmm. I think Bitcoin is going to basically kind of stay the same. It's not going to really do anything impressive. I think blockchain technology, they've, there was a Forbes article that said that, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a big difference for like um, consumer privacy and things like that, which we, we really need. I don't think anything's going to happen What is this like Forbes that. thing you speak of? Forbes. <laughs> it's a magazine. You actually hold it and flip through it. Yeah, I'm not that excited about 2019, to be mm-hmm. honest. My, I really, I racked my brain for exciting predictions. Although I did come up with an invention one time for a cell phone, which I thought was perfect. Yeah, like a, because everybody wants a watch, but it's not really that, uh, I mean, they're, it's, it's still small, unwieldy. It's, yeah. Yeah, but I always thought it would be quite simple to just have something that you wear on your finger, like right here. And you would, you know, swipe forward, swipe back. But where up, would you look? Down, What's tap, your tap. screen? Um, they do, they have rings. You, have your like yeah. i need to see that i haven't seen anything that's all that that is exactly what i wanted oh make it i mean then you could do this and of course you'd be looking in google glass or whatever yeah i think that i'm i love tech or your your contact lenses did you see have you seen the south park where they get they get stuck in virtual reality yeah. it's hysterical they don't know who's in because they, they all go in there and then they have this episode and then one of them takes off their glasses but he took off his glasses in the virtual reality oh man so he thought he was out of the virtual reality and he calls tech support but the tech supports in virtual reality so it's not the real so he calls himself out. it's hysterical <sighs> is that like the longest running show or is that the simpsons 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 okay. yeah uh-oh saturday night Night Live. Uh, is that a show? I don't even... I think that is the longest Such running. Such a waste. That's long, too. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we did get Wait, some predictions out Wait, what was John's prediction? Oh, did, yeah. Go ahead. I have no predictions. I, I don't... I'm, I'm more with Savannah. I mean, I, I don't... I, I'm not sure what I think, you know, huge could come along, but um, it's it certainly... I feel like we're going to start having some reversions and cycles. I mean, everything comes back around, so I feel like that um, you're going to start seeing uh, along with the backlash, but just on the, on the technology front, like that kids are having wearing the big headphones, right? Like those were out of style for years and years. Um, So I, I wouldn't be surprised if instead of things getting smaller, some things might start getting bigger in the technology realm uh, that it kind of goes that direction. So I just, I see things kind of going back in some ways. Mm -hmm. That's my feeling. Well, we'll see. I, I predict that Kevin's going to change his mind and finally do ayahuasca. We'll see. <laughs> I did it tonight, actually. Uh, I am talking to God. Um, yeah. Okay. Twistedpodcast.com and... The yet-to-be-named podcast. Because <laughs> apparently the new name is also unfit. I still want to do social mediocrity. What? Ooh, that's what? Good. Okay. We'll leave you at that. Thank you for listening. Like us on Facebook.com slash WWI Podcast and at WWI Podcast on Twitter. Drop us a line at Wait's What If Podcast at Yahoo.com.
Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Internet Radio. Experience. Now go forth and expand your reality. 